Welcome again. We continue our series in the Gospel of Luke in the footsteps of Jesus. And this morning we are with Jesus on the Mount of Temptation. We're in Luke chapter 4. And as we read this verse, uh, I invite you to think about some of Luke's emphasis. This is probably the longest account of the temptation of Jesus, which are that Jesus prays and that Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all authority over their splendor, and it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are indeed the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone was praising him. But the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, as I said this morning, we're looking at overcoming temptation. I don't know what temptations you face. We all face temptations day to day, and sometimes in the simplest things. Often when I'm out of coffee, I run on coffee, as some of you know. And I'll tell my daughter as we pass Meyer, I said, I'm just going to go into Meyer for a second and I'm just going to get coffee. And she said, Oh, Dad, you never get just coffee. You come back with all these other things. And I said, Well, they put all this yummy, fun, delicious, sparkling thing in front of you. And so you can't help but get a few more things. And so as I sometimes pull in and she'll say, Dad, just get coffee. Resist temptation. <laughs> She's a pastor's kid, what can I say? Well, uh, that's pretty harmless, but we do all face temptation. And as we look at the story of Jesus this morning, I think there's some great truths, not just to resisting temptation, but to overcoming temptation. And I think there's four, and the first is to be aware of your weaknesses. And that's so hard for all of us. You know, a lot of us, uh, we think we're, we're strong, and we are in many respects. And when we think about temptation, we do think don't we? Of the big three, money, sex, and power. <laughs> money, sex, and power. We see it all over the place. But it's interesting because uh, there's a great book out by uh, Michael Mangus called Signature Sins, Training Our Wayward Hearts. And he, he points out that there's actually, for him, eight, maybe more, sins, temptations, if you will, that are related to our gifts, right? So sometimes we think, well, with gifts, there's no weak side, but he points out that there are, and so this is interesting. So he says, if you're a visionary, you will live with a high standard of success. Your deepest temptations are with your ego, or if someone or something did not meet your expectation. If, on the other hand, you're a server, you love to live your life out in action, but your temptation is that you can sometimes use your gift for serving to sometimes manipulate others. 
If you're an achiever, you have the ability to accomplish great things, but your temptation you face is often to seek the applause and approval of others. If you're an artist, you love beauty and performance, but your temptation you face is often being tempted to live an undisciplined life. If you're a thinker, you love discovery and logic, but you may be tempted to think that your thoughtfulness can lead to arrogance. If you're an enthusiast, you have a high capacity for joy and emotion, but your temptation is you often need to be the center of attention and hide behind your laughter. If you are a commander, you have a gift of making decisions and leading people, but your temptation is you can often rely on intimidation and fear to get your way. And finally, if you're a peacemaker, you may have a natural ability to listen and bring people together, but your temptation may be to avoid conflict and peacemaking can quickly digress into passivity and enabling. Well, if you didn't have some weaknesses, maybe you found some now. And uh, there's at least that eight, and if you're not sure what your weakness is, just ask your spouse on the way home. <laughs> they will tell you, I'm sure. <laughs> so, but I think along with that, as, as you look at this, uh, you see that when Jesus was tempted, sometimes it, it, it's with something that is just sort of twisted and, and used as part of your strength. Remember, the first temptation was what? Then Jesus had fasted for 40 days to focus on this. He went right from the Jordan River, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, up to the Mount of Temptation, which is actually in view of that, sort of a dark mountain you can see to this day. He spent 40 days there in prayer and fasting. And after which time, we're told that the tempter comes to Jesus and tempts him to turn stones into bread. Well, that's interesting because Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? And uh, Jesus could have easily said, well, I'm the bread of life. Of course, that's okay. But Jesus was able through the uh, Spirit and God's Word to say, man does not live by bread alone. It wasn't the moment for that. So sometimes it's our strength where the weakness is, but Jesus was able to resist because he was aware of those kinds of things. And I think what goes right along with that is to keep first things first, and that's the second thing. We say that a lot, but it's so hard to do, and that's part of what Jesus did by saying, man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. And then when Jesus was taken to the highest mountain and shown the kingdoms of the world, which were already his, right? It was that be a king when Jesus was a king. Well, Jesus knew that wasn't the moment to do that. This was a moment of surrender as he became Emmanuel, God with us. And then when Jesus was taken to the top of the temple, in Jerusalem, you know, some temptation finds its place in religious life. And so, and said, throw yourself down for the angels will be given charge of you. But Jesus knew that you should not tempt the Lord your God. And so Jesus knew to put first things first. And so in our life, it's so important. Well, I don't know if you know that next Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. No one knows that, right? I don't know if you're for the Kansas City Chiefs or the 49ers. <laughs> But uh, they did face each other four years ago, remember? Four years ago. And so four years ago, this was like one month before COVID, right? Oh, man. But uh, we have a lot higher hopes for that. But I always uh, promise that uh, before the Super Bowl that I try to use both someone from both teams and to highlight their faith. So, um, of course, uh, there's Patrick Mahomes, as you know, from the Kansas City Chiefs four years ago. You know, the Kansas City was just on the rise. Now it's a dynasty, right? But I would say that Patrick Mahomes, in addition to being a great quarterback, a legendary quarterback now, has a, has a deep 
faith. And one of the things that he has shared about his faith, often gives glory to God after a, a win and when he's being interviewed, was that he said when he was growing up, that when he was a, in his early teens, he went to his mom and said, I want to be a man of the church. I want to be a man of the church, a person with deep faith. And his mom told him that before every major decision, he should always pray. Before every major decision, he should always pray. And he says, I still do that today. And I think when we do that, it helps to keep first things first, because oftentimes it's a struggle. There's so many temptations that are around us today, and it's all mixed into life. And so to be aware of our weaknesses and then to keep first things first. And next thing is to live in community. Now, in this temptation period of Jesus, 40 days on the Mount of Temptation, 40 days, of course, is a, 40 is a significant number in Scripture. Remember that the children of Israel wandered for 40 years in the desert, and Moses was in 40 years in the desert. And so this period of 40 days in the desert is so significant as Jesus was praying and fasting and allowed the Holy Spirit to saturate his life and then facing temptation. Part of the, the struggle was that he was cut off from community. Now, Jesus would go from here to call the disciples an important moment, but in this moment, part of the struggle of Jesus is to be without community. And so, in our own lives, we're not taken away from community. We have the opportunity every Sunday to worship uh, during the course of the week to fellowship and have Bible study and to fellowship with the family of faith. And we find strength in that. And that's so very important in all of our lives. And so, I would say that on the other side of the ball, if you will, from the 49ers, as you look at both the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers. Eric Armistead is, uh, is a great defensive end with the 49ers, been that way for a long time. And he too has a great life of, uh, of faith, an admirable life. He grew up with both parents as pastors. My daughter can really sympathize. She's got it hard enough, she says, with one parent as a pastor, but uh, being a pastor's kid, but both his mother and father our pastors, and he made an early commitment to, to faith. But one of the things that he said is he always tries to glorify God and to live a life of faith. An example is that, you know, he has found that being with someone really helps with that. And so uh, in college, his roommate was uh, DeForest Buckner, who was on the 49ers, and, uh, and his roommate. And so they were able to pray and to support each other. And so they know that living community and having accountability is so important. I know that if you're in uh, one of the AA groups, there's so many admirable things about the 12-step programs, but one of the things that they always say is to, one, uh, to realize your weakness, but also to acknowledge a higher power and to look in strength for a higher power, and then to be accountable to someone and then to live in community. There's more in the 12 steps, of course, but being in community is such an important part, whether it's once or twice a week for them and for all of us, to, to be together. We hold each other accountable, but also, you know, your word of encouragement and just the power of fellowship and being together as we go through the joys as well as the sad parts of life and all everything in between to share that because the joys are multiplied and the burdens are divided as we as a family of faith come together. And of course, Jesus went from here to gather 12 disciples and more followers, and he would build them up and they would encourage Jesus in the best chapters of life. And so, to be aware of your weakness, to make first things first, and then to live in community, and finally to rely on the strength of God's Spirit and God's Word. And, and Jesus, throughout this, you can see as Luke depicts it, and of course Luke, a lot of Luke's information came from Peter, who was very close to Jesus. 
And, and Luke emphasizes here the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus prayed and he was full of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit moments in Jesus' life. And, and you and I, too, need to allow God's Spirit to uh, move and to strengthen our lives. So many times we want to rely on our own strength, and we have some strength, we want to use that, but also to rely on the strength of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of God's Word. You'll notice that Jesus answers the tempter at every occasion when the Word of God is being twisted, Jesus knows to the leading of the Spirit and the study of the Word the right priority and the right way to use Scripture. That man does not live by bread alone, and that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And so Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, is able to keep first things first and to keep God's Word intact. How are we at doing that? There's a great story that I, I love about Billy, and uh, the story goes of Billy, who was struggling with addiction. And so Billy decided what he was going to do is just, he'd failed so many times, he decided to stop by the church during the week, and he was just talked to his pastor. It was near where he would travel and saw the church, stopped by, talked to the pastor, and he shared how he was struggling with addiction. And so the pastor said, well, why don't you try to change your routine a little bit? And uh, why don't you drive a different route instead of the place where you go to buy what you're getting for your addiction? And so Billy tried that for a while, but then he found himself going back on that route. <laughs> and so he failed. And so he stopped by, it was a few weeks later, talked to the pastor, and the pastor said, well, why don't you leave your wallet at home? You know, take your driver's license, but leave your wallet so you don't have any money to buy anything. And so Billy said, okay, I'm going to do that. And so Billy, for a while, that worked, and then he found that he was sticking money in the glove box, and then he failed again, and then he stopped by and talked to the pastor, and the pastor gave him some more advice, and Billy took that. And Billy was struggling with this, and, and Billy found that he began to, as he stopped by the church, he decided to go there for Sunday morning. And his life started to get better, and, and about a year later, he went back to the pastor, and he shared, he said, you know what, I don't have a problem with addiction anymore. And the pastor said, well, what do you think it was? What, what was it? Was it not going by that route or not or leaving your wallet at home or some of the other things I suggested? And Billy said, you know, not really. He said, you know, as I was coming here for counseling, I come by Sunday morning, and I said, I'm going to go ahead and go to worship. And, uh, and so I came to worship. And I still struggled with temptation, but then I was invited to the men's fellowship. And I went with the men for the fellowship. And then I started in a Sunday school class. And, and then I was doing some of the other things. And he said, I guess what it was, was I gradually filled up my life with all those good things. And the struggle of addiction just faded away. It was like the thing that I was trying to fill with the addiction became full of the good things that God had in the family of faith. And I think that's so true that many times there's so many little imperceptive things that happen as we start to follow the Spirit and live in community and live in faith that God eventually makes those things fade away. We're never perfect, right? But as we do that, as we follow God, and God enlightens our way and strengthens us through the power of the Holy Spirit and living in the family of faith, then our life can be more successful. We should not only resist, but overcome temptation. Well, there's an interesting little note here. Did you notice this? That at the end of this story, Luke puts in there, the tempter left him until an opportune time. In other words, the temptation wasn't over. This was the biggest temptation that Jesus would face in this 40-day period. 
And we don't know when other temptations of Jesus were, but we do know one temptation of Jesus, right? And that temptation was in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus was praying, not just for himself, for the strength to go forward with the mission that God had for him to give his life on the cross, to pay the price for our sins and shortcoming before the resurrection, and also prayed for each and every one of us, that the tempter tempted him to let it all go, to not go through with that. And Jesus prayed with, we're told, sweat drops so powerful that there was blood mixed in. We can only imagine the agony that Jesus was in. And so Jesus faced temptation in at least that moment there. And I love this scripture verse in Hebrews 4, 15 through 16 that Luann read earlier. And it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Well, I think that's a beautiful picture that as we come to church Sunday morning, we know that, that Jesus, who is at the right hand of the Father, feels the pain and suffering and all the challenges that we face. And Jesus has been victor, but he is still interceding for us. And so when the mount of temptation, those 40 days, Jesus was not only sort of fighting temptation and fighting against the tempter, there's a very real sense in which he was fighting for you and fighting for me. And when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to go through the mission that God had before us to pay the price for our sins and shortcoming, that Jesus was not only praying, but also fighting for you and for me. And today, as we gather around God's table, all of us have some sins and shortcomings that Christ has paid the price for. And all of us go forth from here to face challenge and adversity. You should know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus still fights for you. And Jesus still fights for me as we face the battles and temptations of life. And so for all of us, and all of our gifts as well as our weaknesses, we go through the journey and face all the chapters of life. We will face temptation and trials and difficulties, but we can know with full assurance that if we are aware that we all have some weaknesses, right? And if we have some humility as well as facing our life, but realize that Jesus has shown us the way to keep first things first, to live in community, in the family of faith, and to rely on God's strength. Do all we can, but to realize when we do our best, also let God do the rest, that God is there for us, and God will see us through to victory. Jesus still fights for us. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we're thankful for your grace for all that you do for us, even as we often do fall short of your standards for us. But we know that we can come to you. We know that as we look to you, that we are followers of you. And through the power of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of your word, we can stay true to you. We also know that we live in community. And even as we pray your prayer that you gave us, we say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We are your people as a family of faith, and we strengthen 
each other, even as we follow you and are strengthened by your Holy Spirit. So today, as we gather around your table, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen us as we go forth to love and serve you and love and serve our neighbor through the power of your love and the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Christ's name and all God's people said, amen.